0: Hey guys, welcome back to Dental Unfiltered. I'm Matt Brown, this is Dr. Andrew Vallow. Today we're gonna talk about a subject that is really near and dear to my heart. and something that Andrew um, really professes about and it's, it's really how do you invest to increase your patient count. And we're gonna talk really specifically about how his practices have the ability to get 250 new patients in a month. And his practice isn't the size of a shopping mall, it's not huge. His staff footprint isn't big. They're very efficient. But how does he go about the goal of getting up to 250 new patients a month? And um, I think it's a subject where it's, it sounds like a crazy number, but I think with the proper approach to it, anything's possible. I think Andrew's really figured a lot of that out. And I think we've both kind of gone down that path together. So this is a really exciting subject for me. So, Andrew, why don't you start with, you know, what's it like in your practices Every day when you're getting
1: 250 new patients, 250 new patients a month. Thanks, Matt. Hey guys, uh, we have a lot of great episodes, but I, I have to say this is probably going to be one of my favorite Um, new patients are the lifeblood of any practice, but especially a startup. So if, if you've got a smaller practice, a newer practice, a startup, you're trying to grow, uh, you can do everything else, right? You can tweak overhead. You can tweak systems. But if you're not getting enough new patients in the office, you know, you're, you're never going to reach your goals. So I I think the number one most important factor of dental practice success is number of new patients you're getting. Um, And it's something that I've really focused on since the very beginning. So, you know, when I first opened my first startup in 2021, uh, from, from before we opened our doors, I was very focused and very intentional on the advertising we were doing, the branding we were doing, uh, you know, building a VIP uh, patient list before we even opened our doors, you know, getting the schedule full. Um, And, you know, it all kind of came back to the idea that I was going to have a full-time hygienist uh, from day one, um, you know, despite the advice from many of the people out there in the dental world that you can't hire a full-time hygienist as a new startup. Um, So, you know, in in my mind, I was like, hey, I'm going to do this and I understand I'm going to have higher payroll. Uh, but I'm just going to make sure that I put enough patience in the chair that that we can get off the ground running. Um, so you know the 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 new patients, the marketing that we do, uh, you know, it allowed us to get off to a really fast start. You know, our, our very first month open, I think we did about seventy thousand dollars in in revenue, uh, which for the first month of a startup is pretty great. It only took us, I think, three months to get to our first hundred thousand month. Uh, we pretty much didn't look back from there. So. Uh you know now I, I will preface all this by saying when we first opened we weren't getting 250 new patients a month uh from the very beginning there's no way we could have handled that volume you know that that was as we added multiple hygienists as we added an associate um and now again at this point in time in my flagship office is not getting 250 new patients a month cuz again we couldn't handle that volume uh now we've got a pretty strong recare program uh but there was a period of time where month in and month out that's pretty much you know 200 plus for sure many months over 250 new patients uh, and, you know, we'll kind of dive in real quick here, uh, some of the, the main tactics that we use to, to make that possible.
0: So, Andrew, you said something earlier about, um, you know, <laughs> some people say you can't hire hygienists from the beginning. There's also a thing in the startup dental world of you can't put full-time effort into your practice because you're an associate at the same time. And I think there's some of these um, kind of conceptions and misnomers or like, What maybe is a need for someone else isn't really a need for another person. And I feel like sometimes dentists, when they're going about this growth time period, they allow these outside influences to kind of limit that a little bit, right? So, like, you know, I believe that part-time efforts equal part-time results. I think if Dennis is going to go take a a loan and do all this to get his practice, to get it open, he he should be all in, right? And, And that's just my opinion, I agree with you. I, I think that it, it isn't factual that you can't get a hygienist from the beginning. I think it's also not factual that you have to do two clinical days a week in your new practice. I think you can do three or four. And where I think this is important going into our subject is, you know, we need a clear runway to park all these patients. And when we when limit ourselves down to two clinical days a week, what ends up inadvertently happening is you lose variety of appointment availability to the opportunities you're paying for. So if you start getting that flow, the problem becomes where do I park these people? And then getting your return on that investment gets extremely hard. So when you're approaching you know, the beginning of your practice, you talked earlier about you did the VIP list, you did everything. I think one thing that don't understand too is they think that it's like one source. And I think what you did really good in the beginning is you duct taped a lot of these sources, they get ten percent here, five percent there, four percent here, eight percent there, twenty percent there, ten percent there, and you got patient flow. So you can tell me like how you structured that those things, where you invested time and where you invested money, and yeah. how you made those decisions.
1: And so much good stuff to unpack there, Matt. Uh, you know, I, I guess I'll start by saying I'm I'm a big fan of going against the grain. So you're you're right. You know, there's a lot of misnomers out there. You can't start with a full-time hygienist. You can only start a few days a week. You have to keep working part-time in an associate job. Uh, you can't hire an associate, you know, in the first year of a startup. There are like so many of these things that I did the exact opposite of the advice, and I'm so glad that I did because it's the reason that we've grown so fast. Uh, but once again, I, I was very intentional. You know, I, I planned for it. I think the abundance mindset we always talk about goes a long way. I, I wasn't scared to spend money before I really had that money to spend. Um, you know, you, you, don't, you don't budget for marketing for the practice you have today, you budget for the practice you want tomorrow. So, you know, that's, right. that's kind of how I looked at things. And and I agree with you a hundred percent. There's not one source. If if you try to say, Hey, I'm spending all this money on this one thing, and I don't have enough new patients there there, you have to use different approaches for sure. Um, that's not to say that there's not, you know, one that's worked best for us, but I, I think, you know, if, if you only focus on one Avenue, it's going to be challenging to, uh, grow fast and, and definitely challenging to get 250 new patients a month. Um, yeah,
0: and, and to be clear, when we first started working together years ago, um, when you were a client of mine and I was handling you one on one, there was things me and you would even argue about. I didn't advise on, and you're just like, I'm, I'm Andrew, I'm doing it right. <laughs> so like, I'm that I'm that guy yeah. too. Like, I'm I'm that that guy, it's dental professional. It's like, hey, Dennis, I don't think it's a good idea. And you're like, hey, man, that's great, but I'm doing it. And and some of the stuff you proved me wrong, and some of the stuff. I was right about right, and I think there's a thing to when you're the captain of your ship, you have to trust your gut a little bit when you're navigating that storm of opening up your practice, right? Yeah. So, so talk about some of the misnomers. I want to get into how you invest your money a little bit and where you decide to. There's a a thing I hear a lot in the dental industry, and it's like three percent of your collections should be marketing, right? But I think when you take that very literally, which a lot of people do, they think, well, my collections is ten is ten thousand dollars, I should spend three percent of that. Right. <laughs> I think the way it should be worded is first of all every market has different acquisition costs yep it, to say it should be x of X is just a really dumb thing to say For, I, I mean we look at it from a point of view our call center handles 10,000 dental conversations a day almost and I look at this from a big data point of view and if I applied that rule to my practices they wouldn't have return on investment right. right right so you know how did you figure out like honestly your risk tolerance of where you were putting your money and how you were doing it
1: Yeah. And I, and I'll tell you what else, Matt, I I think that that whole percent of revenue thing, it's, it's very fluid. So, you know, first of all, there's so many different variables. It depends on where your practice is at, you know, where you're trying to get your practice to, what your recall system looks like, what your competition looks like, what area you're in, how you brand and market yourself, what, you know, what type of insurances you take. There's so many different factors that play into that. Um, but you know, to, to your example of like, Hey, a brand new startup, that's only collecting 10,000 a month and they're only putting 3% towards marketing there at that point in time, that's nothing. I mean, they're, they're literally never going to grow at that point. So, you know, the, the percentage of your revenue that you're spending as a brand new startup, that's not collecting money. should be a lot higher because you're investing, you know, in, in the future growth of your practice. And the cool thing is it's not a one-time return. You know, if, if you invest $10,000 in marketing that month and all of a sudden you have, hundred new patients, you know, or, or whatever, you know, it's not just like, okay, well now this month I I'm getting all that revenue from those hundred new patients, but hopefully you're doing a great job of retaining those patients. And those hundred new patients are going to pay dividends for years and years to come. So, um, that's, that's the cool thing. It's, it's that one-time acquisition cost for long-term, you know, revenue, uh, ROI. But so, so
0: also to talk about that, you made a statement of like, if you invest $10,000 this month, and you get a hundred new patients. It's not the end of it. One thing to remember too is the $10,000 you invest this month has nothing really to do with the new patients that come in this month because the timeline of maturity from the moment you invest in the marketplace in the form of marketing to when it becomes an appointment to when it becomes collections can be a 90-day to nine-month window of maturity depending on treatment styles, healing times, all kinds of stuff, right? I think also dentists, get into a, a really I think a very dangerous way of thinking of a metric of new patients a month, which I understand this whole this whole episode's about, right? But I think it's a really stupid metric to hyper focus on this is why. Dentists think I spent ten thousand dollars this month or a thousand or five thousand. I got fifty new patients. They divide it up and say that's how much I pay per new patient. They don't know how much marketing it actually took to get there. It might have been the first thirty the first uh, three months before that. Also, you know, a marketer can give you 50 Profi patients in a month, and you're gonna be negative return on investment if you're spending real marketing dollars, right? And for your hands and your hand time and for your it just doesn't make sense. But if you get 10 implant patients that all need multiple implants in a month, right, that's awesome return. Yeah. And the, the patients, the other thing to think about too is what's the kind of patient? Existing patients have less work left in their mouth. Profi patients or dental home patients that have insurance. Traditionally, always have less work in their mouth. Fee for service patients always have a ton of work left in their mouth, right? So, also, is, is part of the part of the X factor of this is, is that 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 kind of that quality of across that quantity, what is the quality of the new patient and how do you rank that? And I think dental home patients and prophy patients rank a little bit lower than fee-for-service patients, a lot of work, because if you have a membership program in place, you're going to retain those individuals if you're doing anything properly, right? So part of it is what is the amount of work in their mouths, and, and how much of that is there left to do going into the future is really where the return is.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, you know for example, one of my offices is a general practice, and one's an implant office. And the, the flagship general practice, that's the one where we were getting 250 new patients a month. And, and the implant office you know, we get 80 to hundred new patients a month. So it's, it's, you know, a, a good bit less. However, those 80 to a hundred, uh, implant consultations can, can turn into some really, really high dollar, how high value, high dollar value procedures. So, you know, uh, 250 new patients at one office, uh, maybe better or worse than 80 patients at the implant office. So, so getting back to it. So you used a lot of sources, to get to 250
0: patients. And that's the metric yeah. kind of this, this industry uses. Like, how many new patients are you getting a month? I think it really should be return on investment on your dollars. So, so from two points of view, um, where are you actually spending this money? So, get to tell a dentist, like, where do you spend the money to get the patients? And what does that feel like and look like? And how patient do you have to be? And it's not one time and it didn't work. Like, tell me that
1: part of it, because that's kind of like the front lines part. That impacts it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, guys, let's, let's jump into the meat of the episode here. Um, you know, we're, we're going to break down some different categories as far as marketing and, you know, how those worked and, and the new patients we're getting from them. Um, and we're going to go back to when I first opened the office, you know, and, and when we were starting to really try to grow quickly, um, the number one source of new patients for us for, for a very, very long time was, uh, Facebook ads. It was Facebook ads that targeted messages that the patients, the potential patients sent to our office Facebook page. Um, and in those ads, you know, we were, we were basically trying to uh, get a call to action. So, you know, we, we had to have this, you know, item, the shiny toaster, whatever you call it, that was going to attract attention, that was going to get patients to click on it. And the number one thing that's worked best for my office by far has been the free teeth whitening. So it's something that almost everybody wants. Uh, you know, obviously it's not going to work for my implant office, but for my general office, almost all my patients want teeth whitening, the free teeth whitening is a, you know, a huge grab for them. It's something very easily that we can do at my office. So we, we use the Opalescent Go mini kits. It, it costs about $19 per kit. Uh, but the nice thing is there's, there's no employee time. So, you know, I've, I've had dentists say like, oh, I do free whitening, but we, uh, do the custom trays We make them in the office. They only cost, you know, a couple bucks per patient. Well, yeah. Okay. Yeah, but I how much time is a killer? Right. How, how much time are your assistants spending in the lab back in the office, you know, doing these molds and suck downs and all that stuff for, for us, especially with the volume of new patients we're seeing, if you're seeing 250 new patients a month and you're making 250 custom bleaching trays in your office, like yeah, you're going to have to do that. So yeah. for, for us, that did not make sense. The opalescent go kits work great. Um, yeah. So, so this is, this was the number one source by far. I mean, I would say that one Facebook ad alone, and sometimes I, uh, marketed on Instagram as well. Uh, but that one ad alone with the free whitening and the messages that they were sending us, uh, I would say I was probably spending five thousand dollars a month plus on that one ad, and that one ad was bringing in a ton of new patients every single month. Um, you know now once again, we talk about quality, quantity, you know all that stuff. Uh, and, and I hear the argument like these patients coming in for the free whitening, that's probably all they want. They're not good patients. Uh, and you know to to that end, there is some truth to that. I mean, Hey, if, if you advertise free teeth whitening uh, and patients are coming in for that, you're going to have some people that literally are just there because they want their free teeth whitening. And then you're never going to see them again. Uh, but you're going to also have a lot of patients that come in and especially if you provide a five-star patient experience, you know, we, we talked about in other episodes, the new patient experience, you know, how the office smells with our white tea and time scent, the soft blankets and noise canceling headphones, uh, the TVs on the ceiling with the Netflix, the technology with the, the 3D iTero scanners, uh, you've got a great team in there that's that's taking great care of them. If if you do all those things, some of those people that maybe thought they were coming in for the free whitening actually realize, hey, I just found an amazing dentist that I'm going to call home. Um, so, and, so you, and the
0: key to what you said is if you do all those things. It's right. having those items versus executing and deploying them for the actual patient experience. Yeah. Because they, they exist in a lot of practices. I'll be there for a whole day and they don't get used. So the key well, word you and, said was doing. Those
1: things. And, and we talk about how there's no perfect systems, Matt. So, you yeah. know, we, we, we talk about how, uh, you know, you're never going to find something that a hundred percent of the patients that come from here are great patients. So, you know, once again, though, if we did the free whitening ad and 90% of the people coming in just won the free whitening and left and never did anything again, well, for one, we're probably not providing a great experience, but you know, at, at that point in time, maybe that's not the right ad for you. But I will tell you time and time again, and, and as we're opening, you know, another startup office here, that's going to be one of our main sources of advertising is the free whitening ad. Uh, it, it just, it attracts attention. It's, it's a very low cost per message. Uh, you know, our, our cost per message with that ad sometimes is as low as like $3. So for, for $3, you can get a potential patient to message your office Facebook page. Um, and then from there, you know, hopefully schedule an appointment right there and then online. And that's that's always the goal too. So with with this advertisement, you know, you you've got to do a few things, and, and this should be true of all advertisements. You've got to create some scarcity. So, you know, on these ads, we always say 10 free whitening vouchers available. Um, so you, they realize, hey, there's a limited quantity of these. Um, often it says limited time offer. So they realize, like, oh, there's some urgency. I, I need to, you know, apply or click right away on the, on the ad itself, it says click send message to claim offer. Uh, so I mean like there's, there's a bunch of different things that we're doing to really try to encourage that potential patient to take action right now and not just think about, Oh, maybe in the future, I'll call this office. Um, once they click on that message, now you've got to have a good system for how you're actually getting that patient scheduled. You know, you you don't just want some automated bot that's going to send a link or, or a phone number to them because the, uh, follow through rate at that point, so much lower. So, I mean, if, if, if you get them to, and and that's why message ads work so much better than ads that just direct them to your website uh, or tell them to call you uh, because people these days are way less likely to call. Uh, It's just, I mean, it's, it's what it is Uh, especially the younger generation. They would much rather schedule an appointment online, but even if you have online scheduling, which I highly recommend, uh, on your website. A lot of people will get to the website. They may look around a little bit. And once again, they may think I'll, I'll do this later because there's nobody there on the website trying to get them to schedule. Yeah. So what, what we do is, you know, with, with my marketing company, with our marketing company, we have a, uh, the call center agents and they basically are there seven days a week to respond to these messages in real time. Uh, they've got scripting that I've actually worked out that, you know, um, Tells the patient, you know, things about our office and encourages them to schedule the appointment right then and there. Uh, if if it's something where the patient is not ready to schedule, you know, at at, at the end we will provide a, a link or a phone number or something like that. But but the goal is always you want the patient to schedule while they're there, while they're having a conversation with someone on your team, somebody on your marketing team, you know, whoever it is. Uh, so that's that's why those messages work so well. So to kind of kind of recap, number one marketing method for getting a ton of new patients. We use social media, particularly Facebook and sometimes Instagram. Uh, we You've got to have something attractive to that patient for us. It's the, It's been the free whitening, the free teeth whitening. Uh, I use Opalescent Go for that. Um, you've got to create urgency and scarcity in the advertisement. You've got to have a call to action. And then you want that patient to actually message you on social media. And you want somebody there in real time that's able to answer these ads. And you know, I've had Dennis ask me like, well, could I just answer the ads myself? And like, yeah, you totally can. And, and there are times that I actually jump on and help out and answer some ads, uh, especially on Instagram. I, I do answer a lot of my own ads or my own messages. still there. But I'll tell you what, with the volume of patients that you're seeing, if, if you want to see 80, 100, 150, 200 plus new patients a month, do you really think you're going to have the time to be on social media at all times answering these messages? Is that really your best purpose of your time, the, your best use of your time? Or should you be in the chair seeing patients? Should you be working on other parts of your business? Uh, so my recommendation is to outsource it, whether it's to a, a marketing company or to basically hire your own team member virtual assistant or something like that. You, you've got to find somebody else to help take on the load of all those messages.
0: Yeah. yeah. So two things I want to dig into there. Um, first is there is a failure in dental marketing of they try to repurpose that for poor front desk girl as like a telemarketer or a cold lead follow-up person. That's not her function. She's a master multitasker. She has the front and the back colliding at the same time where she sits, plus the patient in front of her. I think it's always a bad idea when we take this task of, like, some kind of marketing follow-up and we dump it on that poor girl up front. She doesn't need it. It's a bad idea. It's an incredibly large failure point, and it turns into a fight between the marketer and the owner of the practice of this girl didn't do a good enough job. It's not our problem, Right? I think both are fighting about it, but no one's solving the problem. I think what you just said about having someone else who's dedicated to that is the best way to do it to get the return out of your marketing dollars. But there's was one thing you said. You said, maybe this isn't the ad for you. And I kind of want to dig into that a little bit because there's this concept in dental of what my ideal patient is. And I, to be completely honest, think it's a bullshit concept. The reason why is your market's going to bear what it's going to bear, man. I mean, the similarities between marketing and a financial market are so amazing, it's unbelievable. And to say that I want perfect conditions for my investment, if you go to a a mutual fund manager or a trader and tell them that, they're going to laugh at you, right? And there's this thing of like, what is my ideal patient? And to say the ad doesn't work for me, you also might not be working for the ad, right? So I want want to just frame this a little bit. We always say we want our ideal patient. That is a selfish concept. One, all patients have dental anxiety, right? Is it more important for for you to find your ideal patient, which I've had docs literally say this to me. I want a 35 to 55-year-old male that I can talk to about golf, who's Caucasian, who drives a Mercedes. I literally had a doc say that to me, and he was in the wrong market for that, right? Or... Is it more important to find the ideal dentist for the patient? Now think about this. The, the, the patient can leave the dentist a review. The dentist cannot leave the patient a review. So which direction is ideal more important? Well, social media has conditioned the market and conditioned the world to be counter the concept of an ideal patient. So going back to like if the ad doesn't work for you, Sometimes we have to look at ourselves and our internal systems, and saying, "I'm not converting." I had 50 appointments and four, con- four converted. Yeah. The probability, and this is just statistics, right? The probability that I can give you all good patients or all bad patients is pretty hard. There's something in the middle, right? And if you're not extracting 30 percent or something around there in some kind of conversion, there's some flaw. And you have to do some self-inward look to figure that out. The most important 50% of this process is not the marketer. As much as I would love for that to be, the most important 50% of this process is once the door opens, right? So, you know, when you started your practice and started spending money on marketing, we only have a little bit of time left here, did you have to realize that I have to almost become like a a chameleon? And when I'm in the op, I have to adapt to the person I have to adapt to the opportunity provided to me. I don't have to wait for the perfect opportunities.
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I talk to dentists about this a lot too. And, you know, I, I say when you're a young practice, a new startup, a small practice, you know, when, when you're not this mature, profitable practice, that's, that is not the time to be picky. So, you know, that is not the time to put up barriers. Uh, it's, it's something that I often talk about, you know, Hey, they all the saying like beggars can't be choosers. If if you've got no patients in the chair, you're like whatever that patient is that you're bringing in, that's that's a better opportunity than than no patient that's there right now. So, you know, as I was kind of going back to like, hey, when when you first open a practice, when you're trying to grow very fast, you it's it's a volume game. You want to get as many people in the door as possible. Uh, you're providing more great dentistry. You're helping your practice grow. And and even if they end up not being a great long term fit, you know they may leave you good reviews along the way. They may refer other patients there. So, you know, my, my mentality is like any new patient is, is our ideal new patient. Like anybody with or without teeth is a great patient for our office. So, you know, those, I, so I, I want to get back into I think, the type I think of, that. you just said every, every human on the planet. Just it, yes. Every human on the yeah. planet is a great pro- patient for our practice. Exactly. So I want to get back into the, the, the thick of things here, Matt, cause I, I know we don't have a ton of time and yeah. I still have a good bit. I want to cover here. So okay. Um So again, free whitening ad, Facebook, Instagram, that's our number one ticket for new patients. Uh, second is an ad geared towards patients without dental insurance, and it's our $98 new patient special. Um, I've tried a lot of different numbers over the years. This is the number that seems to work the best. And once again, it's time and place. So as our recall system has gotten better and better, uh, we've actually increased the cost of our new patient special for my flagship office. It's actually currently 188, so it's basically double. Um, but when we were trying to get a ton of new patients so we could grow for a new associate doc for a new hygienist, you know, all those things, um, at that point in time, that $98 special was a great option for our office. It keeps barriers low. Um, it's, and, and it's not quite that free exam type thing either. So, you know, if, if we are talking about quality of patients, there is at least there's, there's something there, there's some kind of value in the appointment, but the barriers are still low enough. And, and that $98 special, that includes, uh, cleaning full set of x-rays, uh, exam with the doctor and the free teeth whitening. When we say cleaning, that's a healthy mouth cleaning. If they need an SRP, then that's, that's a different story. Um, and, and we deal with the way that we deal with that. You know, if they come in for the $98 special and they need an SRP, uh, is, is we basically tell them, okay, uh, $48 of the special was for the exam and x-rays. The other 40 was for the cleaning. So we charge them a $48 special, and then we add on the the cost of the SRP. And we've got membership plans to help discount that cost and all those things. So um, $98 special works well on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, That would be our number two ad for getting new patients when we were trying to grow very quickly. Um, Once again, it's another one of those messenger ads, usually highest ROI by far. I I do sometimes run those ads uh, with a phone number. You know, the call to action is, is to give us a call. Now, as far as that goes, I, I want to get into this. Kind of gets into your systems behind the marketing. Uh, I use a great call center. It's Golden Goose, Dr. Chris Phelps' company. We've been using them for all my offices for years now. Um, it's it's been a really good experience. They they have agents answering the phone six days a week for extended hours. They they have early mornings, they have late evenings, basically just about any time that a patient would call you besides Sunday, they're going to get a hold of somebody that is an extension of your office. They're all the agents that answer the phone for our office. They are trained as, as if they were front desk personnel for my office. Uh, they've got a really, really high answer rate. It's usually around 98 or 99%. And they do well converting these new patients. So if, if you're going to spend money on ads that have a phone number attached where someone's going to call your office, you better make sure one, that you're picking up the phone, which is the most important thing. Uh, and, and not just during business hours, you've got to have someone answering the phone when you're not there seeing patients. And two, whoever's answering the phone, they better be trained on, you know, the, the principles of scheduling persuasion, they've got to be able to overcome barriers and to help get that patient to schedule an appointment and actually come in. So that's super important. If you're going to run any ads geared towards patients calling your practice. Um, th- so those are probably the two main sources that we use. Uh, we did a little bit of Google in the beginning. I do a little bit more Google now. I will tell you google has a much higher cost per acquisition per new patient than those facebook ads did so that free whitening ad it's the highest cost per acquisition right now in the country yeah no it is and and i mean don't get me wrong we we get some great new patients and, and you can get patients same day very quickly you know especially with certain you know we run a lot of like emergency type ads same day appointments on google um but just to put things in frame of reference my cost per new patient with those free whitening ads typically ranged somewhere in the range of like thirty to fifty dollars per new patient. My cost per new patient with Google is typically somewhere in the range of like a hundred to one hundred and fifty dollars yeah, per see, new patient. So possibly upwards of a
0: couple hundred
1: dollars, and and it just depends. I mean, it depends on where you're at. It depends on you know your practice. Our Google reviews help. We've got over fifteen hundred of them. Um, but my point is when we were getting 250 new patients a month, I could not afford that on Google. So, you know, at that point in time, we had to put most of the marketing dollars into our cheaper cost per acquisition, which was Facebook. Now that we don't need nearly as many new patients, we do more Google. And once again, every office is different too. My implant office, even though that office has really matured, uh, Facebook still works by far the best. So the, I would say 80 to 90% of our advertising dollars are still spent on Facebook ads for implants for that office. Uh, And I'll get into those ads really quickly here for those of you doing implants. Uh, The ads that work best for us, we almost predominantly only advertise for full arch cases and we almost only advertise for all on X type cases. We do a little bit of snap in type advertisements. Every once in a while, we'll do like some single implants uh, but the, the bulk of our advertising goll- dollars go towards these full arch cases. They're, you know, a procedure that patients are really looking for our office. You know, we pride ourselves on being, uh, affordable, competitively priced. You know, the we, we will offer, you know, during specials, full arch hybrids, including the Zirconia as low as like $17,500. So the cool thing is we will actually advertise the price of our, uh, package, our all on X package in these Facebook ads. So, so, the, the, so to be clear, the,
0: you do that.
1: All right. I want to be clear. Yes.
0: You're like the Michael Jordan of handling these sales processes. There's different levels to this. I have front desk people and sales people on docs that can, that just, they don't have the sales ability to navigate that amount of detail in the ad when the person comes in. Yep. Like they just don't have the courage to say it's 17,000 for this, but you have to pay for your extractions or whatever else right. there is. Right. Right. So for everyone listening, there's there's marketing and sales training wheels, and then there's seasoned four practices in Andrew Vallo starting in the NBA. Just because Andrew's team can handle price-based marketing does not mean that that is the solution for your practice for the for the ability of your staff. So I'll
1: be clear about that. Well, and and you know, Matt, even. Even like for me, there's only certain things we advertise price on. So, you know, the the only things we really advertise price are implant packages for the implant office. And it's again because we are competitively priced, because a lot of the other people in the area doing it are specialists and you know, offices that are charging twenty-five, thirty thousand dollars plus per arch. And so, you know, when when we when we when our ads reach people that have been shopping around and they've been to other consultations and they've gotten other prices and they see our price and they see everything it includes. All of a sudden they're like, man, if this is real, like I'm coming in, I'm doing this. So the cool thing is when patients come in the door, a lot of times they're ready to rock and roll. They're like, let's do this. This is great. So we are getting really high quality patients for, I mean, the cost per new patient there is definitely higher, uh, especially, you know, advertising these full arch cases, but it's it's still pretty darn reasonable. Um, and, and we do advertise our prices for full arch uh, cases on Google a little bit too. So implants, that's kind of what works best for us there. Uh, the Facebook, ads we do for implants, they're the same messenger ads that, uh, we do for my, my flagship office. Uh, we've got the same call center agents kind of answering these messages as well, scheduling these appointments for us. Um, so I would say those are kind of the main ads we've got, you know, the free whitening ad for new patients, the $98 special, uh, the implant ads on, on Facebook, and then Google that we're kind of doing a little bit more at my general office for like, there's Google local services, uh, as well as Google pay-per-click. Um, next I want to get into a little bit about, uh, ground marketing. So this is something that I did a little bit more of when we first opened, uh, my first office. It is something that does take a lot of time. Uh, it is a low cost option. So, you know, as far as advertising dollars go, it's you can do this for very affordable cost. Um, and it can be effective if done correctly and if done, you know, in the at the right locations. Um, but it is time consuming. So, you know, it's it's something where you've you've got to commit time to do it. You you've got to have te- like personnel like from your team that wanna come and do it with you because it's a lot tougher to do this stuff alone. Um at this po- at this point in time, there's one ground marketing event that we do really each year, and, and I think we do it really, really well. It's actually coming up. Uh, it's it's our local 5k for our area. Um, and over the years as we've done it, I've learned more and more on how to make it as effective as possible. Uh, one of the things that we do is I actually run the 5k in a tooth costume. And this year I've got another, one of my associates running in a tooth fairy costume next to me. So the cool thing is throughout the and there's like a thousand runners in this race. Most of them from our local area, all these people see us. My strategy this year is I'm going to sprint from the start line and then I'm going to uh, get gassed and everyone's going to pass me And on the back of my tooth costume. I've got my uh, practice name and, you know, our little slogan and like free whitening for new patients and all that stuff. So we're going to have a ton of people seeing the tooth and the tooth fairy running, and they're going to see our logo. Uh, After the race, we've got a event booth that's going to be set up. And I've got, uh, I think four of our team members that are going to be there from the office. They're all wearing tooth or tooth fairy costumes for it. We've got one of those giant spinny wheels for this thing. And what we're doing for that this year is we've got, different kind of gift certificates for the office. It's like 25, 50, $75, you know, depending on what they spend. Um, These can be used as office credit for anything except hygiene services. And they do have to come do their first new patient exam hygiene visit before they can use that credit. So, uh, you know, the, the goal is there's not hard costs there. It's basically a discount that we will give to patients on treatment after they come in and and complete their new patient visit. But everyone loves the spinny wheels. They love winning like gift cards. Um we're also going to have a gift basket that we're raffling off. And in order to get they're going to get an entry in the gift basket and they're going to get a spin. They've got to put down their name, phone number, email address. So we're going to be collecting them, you know, as potential patients that we will then follow up with to try to schedule appointments after the event. Um we're also going to have uh some of our toy machines there from the office. So we've got little toy machines with tooth tokens where the kids can go like, like the little toy vending machines. Uh, So that's going to attract the kids to come over with a toy machine. They'll get a little tooth token and get to take a prize, you know, for all that stuff too. So uh, when we first started doing these ground marketing events, I did not have all these different cool things that we were doing for them. Um, It was a lot tougher to get people. Don't really want to go over to the dentist booth. So we just had like some brochures and flyers and things like that. Uh, And I think the very first one we did was like a local market. And we were there for like four hours plus the setup time and all the planning for it. And we had like almost nobody come over. We got like almost no new patients from it. So as we've learned the strategies you've just like with the free whitening ads, you've got to have something that grabs attention. You've got to have something that's a call to action that encourages people to, you know, sign up on, on your list to, to put down some of their contact information Um and I, and I still wouldn't recommend ground marketing be your main source of new patients, but it is a nice little addition. And this one event that we do every year, uh, one, it, it just continues to build brand recognition in our area. People have gotten to know us from that dentist's office that, where the dentist runs in a tooth costume and things like that. Um, so it's, it's built up our brand recognition, but we actually do end up getting a lot of new patients from this event as well.
0: Yeah, ground marketing is a great ROI as a startup because it's all sweat equity. Yep. And it's just effort, right? But at the same time, it's like, are you really applying the effort? We have to wrap up here in a minute, but I, I was at a local market recently, a farmer's market we have here in town. I saw a new dental practice had opened. And it's actually not far from my house. And the dentist and their assistants were sitting there on their cell phones playing on their iPhones. It just brochures out. Yep. <laughs> like, my, internally, I was like screaming. I was like, hey, listen, we got to talk yeah. about this. You're just wasting your time. Don't bother doing it, right? But I was off. And I, I didn't really care, and I don't, I don't take clients in my hometown. Um, so but it was
1: like I was like, Come on, guys,
0: like this isn't you're not doing and, it, you're and, checking
1: the box. And that's more the standard, man. When when you see most of the boosts at these type of events, like they don't plan out all these things that are grabbing attention. But if if you do ground marketing right, it can be a very helpful addition, you know, to your oh, marketing yeah. 100%, 100%. efforts. Um, last thing I want to talk about is internal marketing and guys, this is huge too. So this is huge. Um you know, and, and I consider internal marketing both for new and existing patients, and, and this is something we'll get into more about in another episode about systems. But, you know, one thing is that that patient experience you provide both for new patients and existing patients is huge. That's actually really a part of your marketing. Um, it's it's how you get repeat customers, which, you know, are just as good, if not better than new patients. You want to make sure people are coming back. You want to make sure that your team is trained to pre-schedule their next appointment um, but you also want those patients who are having a great experience to send their family and friends to your office. And that can be the lowest cost per acquisition of new patient that you have out there. Um, and so but we like it's to also provide the best quality patient. Generally. It usually is. You're right. Cause they, they it's come it's in, the lowest already... cost of acquisition and the best quality patient. There's already some trust there. Yes. Um, and As the office grows, as it gets bigger, as it picks up more momentum, as you get better at internal marketing, this can become a bigger portion of your new patient's, Um, And it can actually allow you to cut down on your ad spend uh, in other areas, which is huge. So what we do to try to encourage uh, new patient referrals from our existing patient base, one is we try to continue to provide a consistently great five-star experience, not just for new patients, but every time they come in the door. Um, Another thing that we do is we do patient appreciation raffles. And so patients get a entry in the raffle whenever they refer a new patient uh, whenever they leave us a Google review, check in on social media, things like that. Usually every few months we raffle off something like little, like a pair of AirPods or a little gift card or something like that, which is cool. We actually just did a grand prize giveaway, uh, that I just drew a couple of weeks ago. And what we did for that one, we did a 70 inch TV or a $500 Visa gift card. So we went a little bigger for this one. Uh, patients got really, really excited about it. The grand prize winner was ecstatic when she came in. I, I had a big check, you know, that we had written $500 on cause she chose the gift card or whatever. So we did like a nice social media picture and stuff with her. Um, but you know, my, my point is do something fun to kind of, uh, reward patients just for kind of doing these things on top of getting an entry in the raffle, whenever they do the uh, referrals and, and reviews and check-ins every time somebody refers a new patient, Uh, They have the opportunity to earn another $50 of office credit. And that new patient coming in has the opportunity to earn $50 of new office credit. And and the way that we do that, we've got these little cards. They've got a $50 bill on the front. It says, uh, thank this person. There's like a line uh, for your $50 gift card. And then, you know, on the back, it's got like all of our office information. It's got a little uh, screenshot of our Google reviews. It's got our phone number and things like that. And so what we do is every time a patient has a hygiene visit, visit both new and existing, we write uh, the patient's name on five of these cards. And the hygienist actually shows the cards, to the patient before she puts them in their little goodie bag. And she says, Hey, here's five of our uh, patient referral cards. Don't forget if you refer somebody and they come in, they've got to bring this card in. That's, that's how you get credit. But if they come in and they bring this card in that has your name on it, You're going to get $50 added to your patient account that you can use towards any non-hygiene dental services. And that patient coming in is going to get $50 that they can use towards any non-hygiene services. So those referral cards have been huge. We've had patients that absolutely love it. And and I've had people ask me like, well, what if, what if they refer 20 patients to your office? Great. I would, I would be ecstatic if they refer 20 new patients, I will happily give them a thousand dollars in office credit. And maybe they'll get, you know, most of their crown paid for or something like that. And you know what? It's 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 a win win. It's how, still
0: how high quality a referral patient is versus a cold social media patient you're paying yep. to. Honestly, because I see all the numbers, I would gladly pay a thousand dollars for a referral patient versus acquisition costs on Google of two hundred dollars. Right. Right. And so we have the scarcity of mindset. If I don't want to give out fifty dollars so many times. Right. Like, what are you giving it for? <laughs> you,
1: you're, you're giving it for the best, not just I mean, a, a patient, the best kind of patient. I've even had some of my team members be like, doc, this patient's like referred like seven people. They've got all these credits. I'm like, wonderful. Like, keep thanking them. Tell, keep giving them more of these cards. And so that's, we actually have like on our routing slip, one of the things that my team is supposed to ask at every visit, not just those hygiene visits, but they come in for, you know, a, a filling or an Invisalign check. Hey, did you need any more of those uh, $50 referral cards? So like they actually ask patients at each visit, like, Hey, did you need any more of those? And it, it does a couple of things. One it reminds a patient about a referral program, but two, if someone did actually refer all these people or hand out all the cards, now they have an opportunity to get more of those cards and refer, refer more patients. And here's the best part about this whole thing that we haven't even talked about. That $50, that is a soft cost. That is not a hard marketing cost where I've got to take no. out my credit card uh, you know, or whatever it is. That is basically a discount that you're giving the patient. And I'll tell you what, we give discounts all the time for various things. So, you know, that, that $50 soft cost discount is way easier to stomach than a $50 hard cost. And we just talked about the cost per acquisition on Google, which for us is usually between one and $200 a patient. And in some places for some practices, it can be a few hundred dollars a patient. And those are hard costs. Yep. So I, I know we need to wrap up here. We're trying to, to kind of keep these episodes under 45 minutes. So I just want to recap real quick, you know, how you can get 250 new patients in a month the number one most important thing is you've got to have an abundance mindset. You've got to be willing to spend those ad dollars. Guys, new patients aren't free. So you know, you're know you not going to spend $500 and get 250 new patients a month. It's never going to happen. Um, but if you have an abundance mindset, you do the right type of marketing, it definitely can. What has worked best for us and what's had the lowest cost per acquisition uh, has been Facebook ads that patients sends us messages particularly those free whitening ads. Those work really, really well. Again, we use opalescent. Go, it works great. It's easy. It's quick. Uh, Number two is a $98 new patient special. I tried a bunch of different numbers The $98 one seems to work well. Um, I will tell you for those of you that are thinking about it, like, yes, it can kind of be a loss leader on that new patient visit at that cost. However, you've got to think about the long-term value of that patient, not that single visit. And if you're a new practice, trying to get butts in the seat, you want to keep barriers to entry low. If if you're trying to get 250 new patients a month and you're doing that 188 special we're doing now, it's never going to happen because we're not getting 250 new patients a month because I wouldn't have places to put them right now. Um, number three, you know, we talked about like implants, but you know, specifically procedure specific type of things. Sometimes advertising costs can be great, especially if you're competitive or advertising discounts or specials. I didn't even talk about it before, but something we're going to do coming up here: Black Friday sales every year. Those are amazing. People love the word Black Friday. And they just associate so much value with those sales. So we're, gonna, we're doing a 25% off veneers and Invisalign for Black Friday this year. Uh, so those can work really well. Once again, usually use social media, Instagram, Facebook for those. Uh, Google ads you know, are kind of uh, that last tier of online marketing we do. You can get some great new patients, but cost per acquisition is higher. I didn't talk about it earlier. I'll quickly mention mailers. I don't do a lot of them. I haven't had a ton of success. I would say the ROI there has been lower than all the other forms of paid marketing I've done. However, every once in a while, I will send them out. And I have actually found for Invisalign, because Invisalign is one ad that is tougher to get the ROI with the online advertising. That is the one area where the mailers maybe work as well or better than online. So I'll do Invisalign specials. We typically do 1,500 off or 2,000 off or whatever on these mailers. And each time I send out a batch of these mailers, we typically get five to ten patients that come in and do Invisalign. The costs of mailers are usually three to five thousand dollars. So at that point in time, the ROI is still pretty good there. Um, if you're gonna do mailers, I recommend doing them f- targeted towards high value procedures like all on X or Invisalign and not just new patient mailers because you can get new patients. It's a patients. really
0: bad ROI for dental patients.
1: Yep. Yep. Yeah, you can really get new low. patients. You can get new patients a lot cheaper on Facebook, Instagram, and even Google than mailers. Uh, we talked about ground marketing and like I said, I would not make that your main source, but it can be really, it can be really great. If done well, choose and pick the events that work best for you. Don't, don't pick an event on the other side of town where most of the people there aren't going to drive 40 minutes to come see your practice. Try to find events within your own town that are like big events that you're going to have a lot of people there. Once again, the, the 5k for us just seems to work great every year. And then when you actually go, make sure to bring team members with you and make sure that you make your booth the most exciting booth in the entire area wear funny costumes, have a big spinny wheel, have toy machines, have a raffle basket and have a call to action, have a sign-up sheet where people have to actually put down their contact information. If they want to enter your raffle, if they want to spin the wheel, things like that. Uh, Last is internal marketing. And like I said, guys, internal marketing can be huge. It can be your lowest cost per acquisition of any marketing out there. You've got to provide a five-star experience. You've got to actually ask patients for referrals. And I highly recommend that you in encourage people, people to give you referrals by offering prizes, by doing patient appreciation raffles and those referral cards where patients get credit. Whenever someone comes in, those can be really helpful. If you're going to do them, make sure your team is actually explaining how it works to the patient. Make sure they tell the patient that that person has to bring those cards in. And we're pretty firm with that role. You know, we, we tell patients, sometimes they're like, Oh, I, this person was my referral. And I'm like, well, they didn't bring a card. So you know, we remind them, hey, if you're giving these cards to people, you've got to tell them they actually got to bring them in. That is the only way we can fairly track who's referring who. Um, so, you know, just make sure you've got a system down with those referral cards if you're going to use them, too. So um, I think that's about a wrap. Yeah. You got it's, anything wrap, else? Yes, I, so, wanna,
0: yeah, I wanna ask you one thing. So yeah. um, you, you you mentioned like the word discount and offer, and shiny toaster. Just Just... Just I want to hear your opinion on this one thing. We gotta make it quick and then we gotta get done. Yep. I, I talk to Dennis all day long. And they'll say things like I don't want the word savings, I don't want the word discount, I don't want the word value program, I don't want anything that devalues devalues my time and my talent, but I want to grow. Just real simply.
1: What is your feeling about that?
0: Yeah. Real simple.
1: So, you know, here's my take guys. I understand that we're healthcare providers. Uh, however, owning a dental office is not really different than owning any other business, other businesses that want to grow, do marketing. They have discounts, they have sales, they have promotions. They do this branding and things like that. We, it's not a, the time period where it was of, you know, your grandfather, if they were a dentist or even probably your father, you know, when they first started practicing uh, or your mother, it, it, in today's day and time, all of, the great, all of the great practices are doing this. So if you're not doing this, you're going to be behind the curve. Uh, you know why? Why do you think DSOs can grow so fast? Because they spend a ton of money on marketing. They realize that you know dental practices are just like any other business. And I'm not saying to not provide quality care. I mean, obviously, like you've got to have that end of it too. You've got to have a great experience. You've got to do great dentistry, but. In order to separate yourselves, unless unless you're in the middle of nowhere, rural area, and you're the only dentist in town, then maybe you don't have to do these things. But if you're in an area like I'm in, in Tampa, if you're in California, if you're in New York, if you're in Chicago, I mean, heck, where I came from, Columbus, Ohio. If you're in any of these like cities, there are tons of dentists around. And if you don't market, you don't differentiate yourself, you don't have these sales and these promotions. You know, it's going to be very challenging to grow because there are other dentist dentist offices out there in your same area that are doing it every single day.
0: And a lot of times, the the, the reaction I get from a dentist is like, I don't want to do that kind of dentistry. I don't want to be that kind of dentist. And honestly, I'm really honest, guy. My answer is get a time machine and go backwards 50 years ago. (laughs) Because this is the deal markets adapt and they change. And the dental landscape today, is changing as rapidly as social media platforms do. Yeah,
1: I got, I got one more thing to say on this. If Matt, you don't so, understand that, then you, you can't adapt. Like you're a dinosaur in the marketplace. So for for those that are worried about running sales and discounts because they're saying, "Hey, that's going to hit my bottom line. Uh, it's going to affect my profitability. I don't <laughs> want to give discounts on these things." What you got to do is just make sure if 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 running a discount is going to hurt your bottom line and you're worried your, about being your profitable in the enough. procedure, your fees aren't high enough. You need to not high enough fees. So yeah. I I think we've talked about, or you, or you, or you don't know your business at all. Right. You just don't know the numbers. So we set our UCR fees at the 95th percentile. And I do that on purpose so that one, you know, when we negotiate with insurances, if, if your fees are lower than the fees are going to give you insurance, are going to give you lower fees. So you want to make sure you set your fees high enough to get the highest value out of insurance negotiations. But two, I can run these discounts. You know, I can do 25% off veneers. I can do, you know, $2,000 off Invisalign. And still be profitable in these procedures because i've built enough buffer into our fees so you know if again if if you feel like running discounts is going to hurt your profitability and it's gonna be challenging to be profitable in a procedure your fees are probably too low and you need to raise your fees um and i would say if if your fees are in the you know 30th 40th 50th percentile you probably need to raise them like 10 percent this year and i'll tell you what most of your patients aren't going to have any idea that you raise your fees one everything's getting more expensive the only thing that people are going to notice is the cost of their cleaning, you know, exam, x-rays, things like that. So if yeah, you raise, if you raise that, people may notice ch- it. They're comparing year
0: over year. They don't, so m-
1: maybe don't raise those fees and re- raise all the other ones. But uh, yeah, that's that, that was an well, important point I want to make.
0: Yeah. Let's, let's wrap this up. Hey, yep. Andrew, that was a great episode. Basically the t- outcome of this guys is you have to have multiple layers of this process. You have to have a clear old runway to collections and, and easy treatment and, you really have to adapt to the market. The market's not going to adapt to you. And if you're not doing internal marketing and you're not doing all these things and finding your percentages in all these different places, you're just always going to find yourself struggling to get to that point you want to get to. Um. Hey guys, thanks for joining us. We really enjoy this. I hope you guys enjoy the podcast. Make sure you subscribe and listen and have a great day. Thanks, guys. All right. So the next one is how.